team. Welcome to the Freedom Hut. Wednesday, December 1st edition of the program. We have the oral arguments this morning over the Mississippi abortion law. I'll break down what you need to know about it, where I think it's going. Spent all morning listening to it. We also have a possible government shutdown coming if the vaccine mandate is not rolled back. More courts striking down the vaccine mandate and bro Cuomo at CNN, but hanging by a thread. How much longer will this continue for him over there? We will discuss that all in just a moment. For hardworking Americans, finding health care can be an expensive struggle. It can feel like you don't have any real choice at all. That's why I'm introducing our friends at One Share Health. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they're a nonprofit dedicated to helping thousands of Americans find affordable health care and support their members' communities through charity and volunteer missions. Their ACA-exempt programs are perfect for small business owners, the self-employed, or anyone who's just fed up with the broken traditional health care system. Don't worry about ridiculous Obamacare mandates or penalties. Get the most out of your hard-earned money with health care for just $115 a month for you or $239 for your family. Get $75 off your enrollment fee with promo code BUCK. Call 833-230-4455 now or go online to one chair. <clears throat> Or go online to OneShareHealth.com for a fast quote in seconds. That's 833-230-4455 or OneShareHealth.com with promo code BUCK for your special offer. Live well, pay less, see how much you'll save, put the freedom of choice back in your hands. All right, the oral arguments this morning Supreme Court. Let's just try to distill down what is a long and very complicated and multifaceted situation. Uh, the... Libs, in this case, the solicitor, uh, the uh, the solicitor for the federal government under the Biden administration, Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogar, arguing against the Mississippi law on behalf of the Biden administration, had a whole range of arguments that she was deploying. But the most central one was over stare decisis, which is just the fancy Latin term for precedent. So because it was decided before a certain way. There should be deference given to the possibility of keeping it, even if it's a close call, because you don't want the court to be waving back and forth with political whims. Uh, the problem, of course, with resting mostly on a stare decisis defense uh, or rather offense in this case, because they want to strike down the Mississippi abortion law, is there are plenty of times when the left and the libs love their activist judges overturning major cases in the past. Uh, Obergefell comes to mind, of course, about same-sex marriage. And even beyond that, and then, of course, the, the major cases of the past that were wrongly decided, you know, the, the evils of something like Korematsu, Korematsu or Dred Scott. So there are times when the Supreme Court has clearly been wrong. So it's not like, oh, we decided it, so we can't go back to it. And then beyond that, we all know that the libs, if the uh, shoe were on the other foot, they would be overjoyed if the Supreme Court decided to get rid of DCV Heller about gun rights, about Citizens United, about any number of cases that have not gone their way. There aren't that many of them, big ones in recent years, but the ones that have gone against them, trust me, they wouldn't have a word of protest, not a word of protest against those major momentous cases being overturned. So. It's one of those moments where you can you can break it all down to you don't want to overturn a big case in the past until you do. 
And that's basically where we are right now. So they can argue stare decisis all day long, but that doesn't mean in and of itself that they shouldn't uh, uphold the Mississippi law. There was also some fascinating moments where you, you were hearing discussion of what is really at issue here. They talk about liberty and equality and all these different concepts. Where in the Constitution is this even even remotely addressed, the issue of abortion? It is not. This is a completely fabricated constitutional right. It does not exist separate from the liberal construct of this is good for women. We want this for women. Therefore, we have this for women. That's it. There's really nothing beyond that in terms of the constitutional basis for it. And they also really dug in on the viability line. And this is another place of extreme weakness. I mean, putting aside for a second that uh, killing babies is bad and wrong and people shouldn't do it. That's that's point one. I mean, that's the foundational argument here. But OK, let's get into the legal components of this in terms of the precedent. I'm sorry, the uh, viability argument. The issue with that is even those on the left recognize it is entirely arbitrary. What does that even mean? Viability. It means that a baby can survive outside the womb well advances in medical technology mean that that line is constantly changing and also you know every few months you'll hear another story about oh someone who you know a premature baby that nobody thought would survive managed to make it and then you see you know an update story years later and oh look they're living this healthy great life so the viability line is just something that was cobbled together to make it seem like some kind of a compromise existed um but really, it's from a legal standpoint, it's, it's arbitrary. So what's really possible here? Uh, I think you're going to have I think you're going to have by a 5-4 ruling, the Mississippi law upheld. And I I would like to think, although I never want to get ahead of myself, that they will actually uh, over overturn, overrule some aspects of Casey and Roe um, and in doing so, return this to a state's issue. That's what it would become. So remember, all of the people that are advocating for this, really, they recognize that the law wouldn't change. If anything, it might become more extreme in the pro-abortion sense in places like New York and California. So you would still be able to get an abortion in those states. That's not. But what about a state like Mississippi or what about a state like Texas? Oh, even when a majority of the inhabitants of that state or the citizens of that state Still, we only allow voting for citizens, although Democrats want to change that, too. Uh, They would want to not have abortions legal. And maybe it would be only after, you know, three months, whatever the ban or whatever the restrictions would be. It's that the Democrat belief is that this has to be something that women everywhere can do. It must be funded by your taxpayer dollars. And it is, in fact, something that is to be celebrated, which is a really twisted, evil and, and horrific mindset. But that is what they think on this one. And, you know, it's one of these moments, too, where conservatives, you wonder, you, you sit around and, and I, I get frustrated with this. The it's not just the conventional wisdom. The database wisdom is that you talk about abortion and conservatives change the channel. Conservatives change the dial. They click on some other podcast about, you know, how to cobble together the best igloo in your backyard or something. Right. All of a sudden they don't really want to hear about this stuff. If we as conservatives do not see our mandate as trying to defend innocent and helpless life in this country, what are we even doing? What's the purpose of all this? You know, why, why not just all 
say forget it, you know, I'm going to smoke them while I got them and let the country just deteriorate into nothingness. I mean, if we're not going to stand up for uh, preborn babies, what are we conserving? And I know, you know, it's tough, people. We've all got our problems. You know, we're, we're dealing with our stuff. You got your challenges in life, and you don't really want to necessarily spend 15 minutes of your day, maybe even five minutes of your day, hearing about viability standards and unborn babies and termination procedures and Roe v. Wade and all this stuff. But when we cede the battlefield to the other side, you see what happens. We've ceded a lot in this country to the postmodernist, um, cultural and ethical, moral relativist left with horrific consequences. You know, we've ceded the education establishment and Hollywood and and now largely the legal profession, too. I mean, you go to top law firms, they're all putting he, she, theirs and, and all that stuff in their email signatures. I have friends who work at these places. The HR department of 10 years ago is now the C-suite. They're now calling the shots. And that means a whole variety of things. I mean, for example, if you came out in favor, if you came out at a major law firm in New York City right now as a pro-life individual, your career would be at risk. It would be at risk. Think about that. Yeah. Now, you might say, Buck, I live in Tennessee. I live in Texas. I live in Montana. Well, Montana is actually not as red as people think it is. But anyway, you know, I live in some of these places where culturally that's not the issue. Okay, but... New York, California, unfortunately, when you add up all the power, all the money concentrated in those states, have an outsized effect upon all the rest of the country. You know, as much as I love Wyoming, the culture of Wyoming doesn't have the same nationwide influence and the the practices of the inhabitants of Wyoming doesn't have the same influence as the mega blue states. That's why we need Florida. That's why we need Texas. We need these states that are either somewhat or very red and they have to have the a balancing effect I and mean, hopefully a eventually overriding effect on those other states. So I, I do think that the Mississippi law will find out this spring. It'll be a long time. I think the Mississippi law will be upheld. I think that, uh, excuse me. I think that the left is terrified right now because even if it's only partial, even if there's only some small, you know, even if it's only a partial victory here, They don't overturn Roe, but they uphold the Mississippi uh, abortion ban. The left will have to start to recognize not only what the future looks like, but start to reckon with the past. What have they really stood for this this whole time? What have they really been doing when people like, for example, Barack Obama, when he was a state senator in Illinois, voted against the Born Alive Infants Protection Act, the state companion bill to the federal bill, which my college mentor and thesis advisor, Professor Hadley Arkes of Amherst College, had a hand in drafting many, many years ago. Very straightforward bill that merely said, if a baby survives the abortion procedure, we're going to actually treat it like a baby, right? Horrifying that that bill even had to be passed, and it did. So we stand for life, or what exactly do we stand for? That is the question that I would ask you today. Tunnel to Towers Foundation is an amazing organization. They're doing so much good. And look, we all know that the worst terrorist attack to ever take place on our soil happened 20 years ago on 9-11. Almost 3,000 people lost their lives. Brave Americans responded. We remember the images of firefighters, police officers, Port Authority officers, and so many others that wanted to help. Many even stepped forward to enlist in our armed forces. Since then, more than 7,000 U.S. soldiers made the ultimate sacrifice in the war on terrorism. They fought for us, but never came home. 
The Tunnel to Towers Foundation honored those men and women who gave everything by reading their names aloud for the first time ever in a new annual ceremony on Veterans Day this month. Tunnel to Towers is making sure their sacrifice is never forgotten. The foundation's season of hope runs from this Thursday, Thanksgiving, to New Year's Eve. At least one mortgage-free home a day is being given away for 37 days to honor America's greatest heroes. Do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Tunnel to Towers Foundation does amazing work. Really important organization. So where are we on the fight against the COVID mandates? Well, here is White House Secretary, Press Secretary, rather, Jen Psaki here talking about Republicans trying to threaten, at least, a government shutdown over vaccine mandates. I think we're, we are working in close coordination with leaders in Congress, Democrats and Republicans, to ensure the government stays open. Uh, let's just take a step back and think about the absurdity of that call. They're calling for the government to shut down, prevent essential services from going out to people across the country because they're upset about our efforts to save people's lives. I'll just leave that there uh, and see if any Republicans on the Hill agree with that. Yeah, that's like the argument. They're upset about people like trying to save lives. Like, why are they upset about that? Like, I don't understand. Like, I just want to save all the people because I'm a good person. Yeah, that's not why they're upset. And you'll notice the lack of humility here from the people that were pushing the vaccines as the cure, not as a therapeutic, not as something that would be somewhat helpful or or bring down mortality in some places at some times. But no, people who were telling you this would end the pandemic six months ago are now just blithely gliding along, including Fauci, to, well, yeah, you're going to get the shot every six months for the rest of your life. Otherwise, you're a bad person who doesn't care about public health. Oh, I think some of us were warning about this all along and that the lack of a basic understanding of what was really happening here has pushed us even further and further into this crazy incrementalism. Um, We could have had the same arguments that are being leveled right now. We could have had the same arguments our whole lives over flu season. The only difference is one of scale, but you still have a flu vaccine that, you know, a flu shot comes year in, year out. The elderly generally get it. People at high risk get it. Some of them still die of the flu anyway, but it's certainly safer. My parents have been getting the flu shot for years. And you have all these people out there who are seeing this now and are saying, wait, hold on a second. So how is this different? Exactly. Explain how this is a different approach. Okay, COVID is more dangerous to the elderly than the flu by the numbers. That's true. How many people have been infected with COVID already? So how close are we to herd immunity just based on natural immunity? Do we know? Do we have any idea? You'll notice that they get hostile to asking questions here, which is always a tell. That's always something you should pay very uh, close attention to. And anybody who even asks questions about the consensus, I mean, things that come up in normal conversation, you would think, right? Like, okay, how often do we have to get the shot? Is it every three months or every six months? And how are they making that determination? Shut up. Get the shot. That's all they want to say. And if you oppose that, uh, you have people like Joy Reid, who is, I will say, it is fun to watch sometimes a little bit of Joy Reid's show. Because if nothing else, you'll sit there and say, is she really going to make the debt ceiling about racism? Yes. Is, is she really going to make, you know, changing the speed limit in the state of, you know, New Hampshire about racism? Yes. You find an issue, she'll make it about racism. It's actually a skill. It's kind of, it's kind of impressive when you think about it. But here she is 
on the angels of death out there. But making sense is hardly the point. It's about power and spreading lies and fake outrage so the MAGA squad wins elections. They are today's angels of death. Refusing to get vaccinated and urging fellow Americans to remain exposed, even as their own parents, grandparents, and children die of COVID. The numbers prove it. Red America has the highest rates of COVID death, but the lowest rate of vaccinations. They are literally killing their own people. Literally killing their own people. No, that's actually not, that's not really what literally means. They're not literally killing anybody. So start with that. Uh, But beyond that, this is why we never get anywhere with the left. They refuse to look at the obvious reality in front of all of our faces. Their, Their programs, their policies have not worked as advertised. Look at what's going on right now. Look at the situation of now, now we're having boosters. So are you, ask yourself this, are you going to be a bad person in the eyes of Democrats if in six months you haven't gotten a booster? Right now, if you got the shot, you're okay, right? You're a good person. You care about six months. You, you don't get the booster. Are you a bad person? I want to know. Can they tell us that now? So is it shots forever? Oh, no, it's shots until we have effectively a total cure for this. That seems to be and maybe maybe, you know, God willing, it would be fantastic if this uh, Pfizer pill. I think it's yeah, Pfizer's the good one. Merck is the one that kind of crapped out. If the Pfizer pill uh, makes this thing something you can treat almost like strep throat with antibiotics, that'd be great. I mean, fantastic. Right. But it also, as we see here from Omicron, they tell us it could mutate pretty quickly. And coronaviruses have animal reservoirs. Coronaviruses, there are a whole lot of them. I know we're talking about COVID-19, but it's already come through various variants. So will the pill be, if they come up with a pill that's highly effective, will it be effective forever? I don't know. By the way, I don't know. I'm asking because I'm curious. I would want to know. But you can't even discuss this stuff, right? Just shut up and do what you're told. That's what they say all the time. Shut up and do what you're told. Um, I say no. I'd prefer to ask questions. I've said it before, and it's still true. Owning gold is all about protection. You want to protect the value of your hard-earned dollars sitting in your savings account. When everything around you is suddenly more expensive, from a gallon of gas to the house sold down the street, the value of your dollars is shrinking. Buying gold as part of your savings plan stabilizes that and protects your savings account. And there's a newer benefit, too, and that's being able to take physical possession of the gold you buy, having it delivered to your home and holding it in your hands before you safely store it away. It's a life event. Let's call it that. Our friends at the Oxford Gold Group make all that happen. They did it for me and for tens of thousands of others this year. So if you think buying real gold is complicated, my friends at the Oxford Gold Group are who you need to call. Having real gold delivered to your home or having real gold as part of your IRA is just a phone call away with Oxford Gold. Call them at 833-404-GOLD and learn how you can have real gold in your IRA and delivered to your door. That's the Oxford Gold Group at 833-404-GOLD, 833-404-G-O-L-D. Bro Cuomo is having a, a tough one. And uh, here's, uh, here's my, uh, my friend Greg Gutfeld over at Fox News talking about how Bro Cuomo, a.k.a. Fredo, which he really does not like, which is kind of funny, right? Because that's not super disparaging, but they, he pretends like it is. Guy's got a big ego. Well, he's taking a bit of a knock these days. Here's Gutfeld on the Cuomo suspension over at CNN. So all is not well at CNN. Yes, there is more friction in the fake news factory than there is between Stelter's thighs while wearing his favorite pair of Lululemons. (laughs) 
I speak of the network home of hysterics, hall monitors, and one anchor who would make a great, well, anchor. <laughs> As you know, Chris Cuomo is in more hot water than a package of ramen noodles. He just got suspended indefinitely. According to the New York Attorney General's office, Chris was far more involved in his brother's damage control efforts than previously admitted. I know, a CNN anchor shading the truth. Who ever heard of that? Here's the reality of the Cuomo situation. It's not that he's unethical. And by the way, there is a case to be made. Would I break the law to defend my brothers or my sister? Would I go to pretty extreme lengths? I mean, like I wouldn't, you know, do something that would make me think I'm a bad, I'm a bad person separately, right? I mean, there are limits. But would I break rules? Would I break, uh, you know, professional obligations to help my brother or my sister? Yeah, I would, actually. Sorry, just the way it is. Uh, I was pleased to see Tucker saying that last night on his show. I've been saying all along, right? You need to put your loyalty to your family really above, above everything else except your loyalty to your own decency as a human being and to, your God, and to God. And that's it, right? Uh, family comes first in my book. But the problem that Chris Cuomo has here isn't that he did something that is journalistically unethical. CNN is an unethical enterprise, top to bottom. The problem is he embarrassed them. And... He was helping somebody who, you have to remember, Governor Andrew Cuomo was standing in the way of Leticia James, an African-American woman who wants to be the next governor of New York. So there was also a political play in the background here, too. It wasn't the primary motivation for this, but it certainly factored into it. And, and the CNN anchors love to play the, oh, we are so concerned about Me Too. Well, if you have a CNN anchor on the payroll who's trying to find out about accusers to pressure them or to defame them or whatever... It's really tough to pretend that you're the Me Too network, right? So the problem isn't that Cuomo lacks ethics. The problem is he embarrassed them. He embarrassed CNN. Don't ever forget that. This is all about their egos. That's why uh, fake tapper, there's all these news stories. By the way, fake tappers, press people are the ones, these PR people are the ones that are putting these stories out there about how angry Jake Tapper is that Cuomo has besmirched the reputation of CNN. Because Jake's whole thing is he's a guy who wants it both ways all the time. Sword and shield, right? Oh, I'm just a journalist. Actually, I'm a partisan hack. Oh, no, I'm actually just a journalist. And he leverages the institutional heft of CNN to both give him a career, but beyond that, to uh, attack his enemies and provide him with cover. So that's why he's throwing Cuomo. It's so obvious he's throwing Cuomo under the bus here because he wants to be thought of as Mr. CNN. Always a little bit upset, I think. You know, Anderson Cooper. Look, Anderson Cooper's just... Better on TV, Jake. Sorry, I don't know what to say. So that's what we got for the show today, my friends. Um, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Please check out bucksexton.locals.com. I'll post in more and more stuff there all the time. And also the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. If you ever want to listen to the big radio show, you can check it out. We drop that hour by hour every day. Talk to you tomorrow, team. Shields high.